Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another special edition of Pop 5, a podcast where we take something from pop culture, give our little spin on it, and rank it with a 1 to 5 rating system. Of course, brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. It's your boy, your host, Mr. Highway to Hell himself, Val Cisco, and as well, my guest today, Mr. Eddie Van Halen himself, Jay Rance. How you doing, Jay? I'm chilling, bro. I'm playing the air guitar right now because I'm so hyped. Think about some badass riffs. Hell yeah, (laughs) definitely gonna hear some badass riffs with this selection because today's pop five is top five personal best lead singers from rock bands. How do you feel about this, man? Oh, this this list is like you said, it's very it's kind of personal because a lot of these people are near and dear to my heart, your heart. And I this list, a lot of people may not agree with it. Like I said, these are my opinion, but it's based on I, you know, sentimental value, because like you said, uh, it's a music genre that we grew up on, you know, it's childhood, you get what I'm saying? So I remember rocking out with True, doing a little rock band, playing some rock band as well, you know, so it, it's near and dear to my heart, like these people in this list. It's oh, personal. definitely, definitely. It's personal with me, especially with you too, because of the fact that growing up in the Bronx, you know, the Bronx, you think of music, you think of hip hop, you think of... 
you know, that Brooklyn sound, that Bronx sound, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in the Lower East Side, the South Bronx of Brooklyn, listening to Jay-Z and things of that nature, just being straight hip hop heads. And that wasn't really the case for us. You know, we grew up, with, you know, multicultural. It came to, you know, Latin music, you know, jazz music, mm-hmm. hip hop, R&B, and of course, rock and roll. And I think out of the whole group, we really transition from different eras of rock and roll whether it be from hair metal whether it be from grunge whether it be yeah. from freaking uh slasher metal 80s bands um punk bands little emo bands you name it we were in it so it's near mm-hmm. me or my heart wholeheartedly and i could go make a top 100 list unfortunately it makes it a little hard because it's pop five yeah. but i like it i like it and like as you like you were saying personal favorite sentimental value what we feel they contribute to pop culture in general as well too i think it's gonna be fun bro mm-hmm. oh it definitely is man and my list is got it i don't know how you're gonna feel about it i don't know how i'm gonna feel about yours because yours could go a lot of ways i know probably one or two that are definitely gonna be on your list definitely I don't know if you have any idea with mine but yeah so let's get into it with that being said what's your number five all right so my number five is someone who's really really all these artists are near and dear to my heart but mm-hmm. i like it because he came from he, he kind of broke barriers when it came to the music genre for rock and roll he um kind of took what made things like the bgs and things of cool in the gang in the 70s with funk and motown things of that mm-hmm. nature mixing it with rock and roll with his band of red hot chili peppers he went from the from the <laughs> 1980s spanned his sound to the 90s changing generations to the mid-2000s even today going into the rock and roll roll hall of fame in 2012 my number five lead singer is anthony kiedis Ooh, that's that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Definitely a great pick right there, bro. I I, I love some Anthony Kiedis and Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers to me broke barriers because their sound mm-hmm. was so different when they first came out. Very funky, very fresh, and that's mm-hmm. no pun intended whatsoever. Because of Anthony Kiedis' lyrical styles of just mm-hmm. mixing hip hop with funk and rock and roll mm-hmm. was just so different back then. He was a revolutionary when it came to this genre of music, first of his kind. When you look back in the eighties, um, with his vocalization going into the nineties, very um, somber modes with things like um, "Other Side." And songs of that mm-hmm. uh, nature as well, too. Very, you know, sad and dreary going into the mid-2000s. Um, and even now, with songs are a little more positive to the generations and given a positive outlook on the environment, on politics, on the world. His, his fluidity from singing back in the day of having socks in his jocks to now just being mm-hmm. an environmentalist. It's just crazy how he's changed in his life, how his sound has changed and how he's contributed to that band for the past 30 years how do you feel about that oh no definitely i love i love anthony kiedis like you said bro he it's epic great pick the band you know i love red hot chili peppers is a band that i grew up on it's a band that i remember like watching you know in puerto rico and it's a band that i still listen to because i still have some of their songs on my playlist you know so me i, I love red hot chili peppers bro you I, I, you couldn't have yeah Dude, my, not to cut you off, do you have like a favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song that you could like name off the top of your head that you love? Um, because it's so my but um, you said California. Um, what it, what was the name of the song? Um, I know Daddy California is awesome. Yeah. Um, damn. Like I'm trying to see. I can't can't stop. Snow. Um, like you said, other side. I said other side, right? Other side is awesome. Um, one of the most recent ones, if I'm not mistaken, I kind of like um, 
Dark Necessities. Mm-hmm. I think it is Scar Tissue. Um, let me see what else I can remember. Um, Californication, man. The list goes on, you know. Like it does. Bridge as well. You know, I love Under the Bridge. That's like one of my favorite songs as well. You know, that's mellow, somber mood. You know, so that's like always one of my favorite songs. That you know, when I'm kind of, when I'm kind of, I mean, people will be like, you know, I mean, like when I'm kind of down or I gotta go through a little funk or something, I listen to some Under the Bridge. You get what I'm saying? It's such a great song, man. Definitely. Like, it, the list is just it just goes on and on. Do you have any personal favorite songs? Same here. I mean, um, Scar Tissue and Under the Bridge are like on the top of my list because yeah. you know, as a teenager growing up, you have those somber moments where you feel like alone. Even as an adult, you feel like that. You could put Scar Tissue, you could put on yeah. Under a Bridge, and it makes you ten times better. You could mm-hmm. uh, give it away, you feel ten times yeah, better as away, well yeah. too. You can listen to Snow and just feel happy, enjoying life. You can hear California Cation just crack up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, other side and just look at the deep undertones of that song right there. There's so many songs out there that you can actually gravitate to. And his voice alone just... It, it, it just... It feels right for the band. Like, I don't think yeah. you, could, you could trade off any kind of lead singer and put it into that band and it wouldn't just sound the same. And these singers, I think, on both of our lists, you really can't interchange different people for these bands because their, their sound alone is what makes the band, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but that's how yeah. I feel. No, definitely, 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 man. Like, his voice and sound, everything is perfect. You know, he's he's one badass lead singer, and it's a great choice. I just thought he would have probably been maybe higher on your list. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have probably been higher on your list, definitely, man. But great, great choice, brother. Let's hear your number five. Mm, my number five. Um, sh- well, first of all, it, it's not a he. It's a she. Mm. You know? So, yeah, I, 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 I'm giving you a little plot twist real quick. So, um, okay. my, 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 <laughs> my, no, my number five is she is the co-creator, you know, and co-founder of, and she's the lead vocalist for the band Evanescence. And my pick Ooh. is Amy Lee. Wow. So, yeah. My number five is Amy Lee. I had to try put her on this list because when I first, it, it's more of a voice thing. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I first heard her. She just captivated me, you know, when you heard that song, um, um, Bring Me Back to Life. You know, you hear this dude, I forgot the dude's name, I'm so sorry, but I never really remember his name. But then you hear her, you know, with those mystical lyrics that, you know, that almost hypnotic and chanting wordplay, like her music, her voice is just mm-hmm. so, so, so hypnotizing her music. And it's like, it, it's it's soothing, but it's dark at the same time. You get what I'm saying? She has that that mellowness and that darkness to her, but it's like so soothing and dark at the same time. And I had to put it there because also, you know, she's done a lot of work. She's also, um, um, I think she even remastered like Nightmare um, Revisited where she's recorded a few of like Nightmare Before Christmas music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think she did the Muppets or whatever, something like that. So she's, you know, she she jumps around, does a lot of things. She, you know, she's multi-talented. She plays different instruments, you know, multi-instruments and stuff like that. She has also um, collaborated with the likes of Korn, either you know, Korn being one of our favorite bands, you know, growing up and stuff like that. So I I, I really love her because also to me at that time, you know, I, yeah, I've heard a few, you know, female vocalists, you know, I've already heard like the Gwen Stefani's and stuff like that, you know, but her voice, it was just re- what really captivated me, you know, and like, um, on top of that, the voice, you know, she, she, she she's cute as hell. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I put the voice and her together, and I'm like, yo, she's like the total package. And it was just really more of a voice thing. And then I bought the album, and I heard it. And, man, like, 
my immortal to everything else is just so hypnotizing and chanting her voice, bro. I don't know. How do you feel about Emily? That first album, Evanescence, is one of my yeah. all-time favorite albums growing up. I mean, I every song off that album I completely loved. Whether it be the vocalization, the 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 dynamics of having hard rock with that classical trained voice mm-hmm. was just so revolutionary as well too i mean you have different bands like lacuna coil otef and things like yeah. that that kind of were around around that time as well too but to be honest anybody that really broke through the barrier was amy lee and evanescence i mean she broke the barrier of what it was for hard rock going into pop culture into the popular audience she was everywhere her band was everywhere crossing over to bands like seether with mm. that song broken which yeah. is a popular song for every emo person out there that wants to cut mm. their wrist and fall over somebody you know <laughs> you know uh, her presence alone is just so mystifying when you see her you think dang this chick is like this goth queen but when she sings mm-hmm. it's just so beautiful it's like you're you're on cloud nine, and then when she just screams as well too, she can wrench as well. Even mm-hmm. the second album was with songs like um, "Call Me When You're Sober." It, it resonates yeah. to an audience that rock culture really hasn't gravitated to. I mean, when you look at rock culture, um, the female audience is there, but primarily it's usually the dudes with the t-shirts and banging their heads. Yeah, this, that's you what know, I'm saying. You gravitate to both audiences: the teenage girls, the uh, the older women, the young girls want to be rock stars, even the guys that want to get with this chick you know she was the embodiment of someone living the male rock star dream um mm-hmm. and like i said she broke barriers because like there were other girl bands out there you know look at hole with courtney love or you look at um, even kitty but they didn't really break the barrier like evidence yeah, and no, evidence yeah. i mean kitty is just for their it's all in genre for pure kitty fans out there i love kitty but evanescence took it to a different level mm-hmm. um I, I can't mm. say enough about that band. I can't yeah. say enough about her. Her voice alone is just mesmerizing. Yeah. I, I love her voice. They actually even came out with an album, I think it was last month. Mm-hmm. I still haven't got to it, but I got to hear it. But, man, her voice is just so captivating, and that's why I had to put her on my list because I just remember laying up with my CD player, listening to, to that album over and over and her music. and it, it was just something so captivating. And why I say it, because, like you said, you know, you heard the kitties, you heard the corn. I mean, the corn, you hear me? The um, oh my god, you just said her name right now. I forgot. Lacuna Coil, yeah, the uh, Lacuna Coil. Um, even Paramore, look at Paramore without Evanescence, Paramore oh, yeah. probably wouldn't be as big as it is right now, you know. So, why, like, to me, it was just like it was something kind of different because you know, like you said, Kitty, if you listen to Kitty, Kitty was more metal, thrash, you know, screaming and stuff like that, and you know, so it was just it was just a good ma- mashup of soft, hard, you get what I'm saying? Yep. So, that's why I had to put her up there, bro. Amy Lee is definitely one for me. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> What's your number four player? You're probably not going to agree with it because you probably have this guy much higher than I do. Mm-hmm. But he's a, a lead singer that kind of really brought us together as well, too. I is it what I think it is? It's someone that when I came into your apartment for the first time, I saw a no. giant poster in the background. And I'm like, is that, is that an Iowa poster? And I'm like, oh, this man listens to Slipknot as well, too. No. <laughs> this man not only has garnered a fan a fandom of just a hardcore rebellious audience mm-hmm. to a neutral audience with the band Stone Sour as well, too. This guy mm-hmm. writes novels, whether it be about American hauntings, he writes comic books, graphic novels. 
uh, spans about suicide and self-help and, and just being there for one another. You know, his songs are so intense. His style yeah. of singing is so intense. This guy That's is Corey nice. Taylor. Oh, man, great pick. I got, I got kind of scared. I thought you were going to say somebody else, but yeah, no, he's not on my list, though. Surprisingly, Corey Taylor's not on my list, but yeah, man, great, great, great freaking choice because he's a brilliant mind, man. Oof, oof, and I, I love it too because of the fact that you know things in um in Slipknot are totally different than things in Stone Sour. I mean, looking at Slipknot, he's just raging on from mm-hmm. different songs like Wait and Bleed to Duality and things uh, from those stands right there. But he's yeah. grown, you know, from that first album to the last album. The way he's um, structured his vocal vocalization so different, so dynamic from the way he went to Stone Sour and just brought more of a methodical country slash slow rock method to to that band. It's just different dynamics. He's a totally different person. And that's what I like yeah. about him. It's two different people and two different bands. And not only that, fucking awesome human being in general. Just looking out for people. Um, very into the paranormal world as well, too, going into that. Um, self-help as well, too. This guy is just a jack-of-all-trades. How do you feel about Corey? No, I love Corey. Like you said, freaking... One of my favorite bands of all time is Slipknot, you know, because I remember, I remember, I still remember to this day when I heard first, um, when I first heard this, um, first heard of them, it wasn't their first song, mm-hmm. but when I first heard Wait and Bleed, you know, like, I remember for the first time I was in the crib chilling, like four in the morning, MTV used to play, you know, rock late at night, and I heard this aggressiveness, but then when he just switched it up, kind of like the Amy Lee, you know, when he goes with the, with the hook, you know, you know and then when he just went mad chill and mellow in there and i was like okay you got me then you just went back to aggressive you know okay mm-hmm. so and then from there i just bought the album and i heard all his things and his lyrics are deep his songs his aggressiveness and then like you said when when he went to the stone sour it's like he's two two person in one you know he's two people in one because when he went to the whole stone sour side it was just like you're just a completely different person you know you're kind of like mellow right now and chill and he's just a great mind, like a brilliant person, like you said, with the self awareness to help writing poetry, whatever you know. Every just he, he's just like I don't want. He's kind of like the Renaissance man. You get what I'm saying? Definitely. <laughs> like he is like kind of the Renaissance man, Corey Taylor. So I, I I appreciate him. I appreciate his work and stuff like that, man. He's great. And get this to to try to give more of a definition of the duality of Corey Taylor. No pun intended. This guy got the idea of making a mask for Slipknot by watching the first ever Halloween. And yeah. then he got inspired by rock and roll just by listening to Elvis Presley. Look at that duality right there. Just yeah. like horror slasher meets just like rock and roll icon of just gyrating and, and just doing something different when no one else is doing anything different. Just mash it together. You definitely see the differences between Slipknot and Stone Sour just by that alone there. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, not just in his rock career, looking into his personal life, looking into his self-help, doing his overdose on cocaine more than once to tell, say, tell somebody, hey, listen, drugs are not the way to go. This is yeah. what we need to do to get out of that mindset. You know, he's dealt with um, death in his band as well, too, and just trying to to kind of go over those hurdles and try not to fall yeah. down the the hill while seeing his friends die on him as well too and overcome that obstacle it's it's a it's a hard thing thank god that me and you uh, have the luxury of knowing that our friends are still around i could imagine how it can be if mm-hmm. one of us you know god forbid ever ha- something happened to us yeah to feel that way and try to move on and try to resonate and put that into hard man 
put that into anything creative is, is mm-hmm. so difficult. And I give him all the respect and power that he gives that creativity and shares it with people, not just keeps it, but shares it with people so they can be helped as well too. Yeah, no, great. It's like he wants, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I'm going to use my power, my influence as a celebrity, you know, yep. as an artist to help and better the masses, you know, which like I always say, this is what these artists, celebrities, athletes should do. You know, they should use their influence because people look up to them. So they should use that influence and that power to try to help and be a positive role model for every, every person, you know, like, I'm not saying that, you know, because at the end of the day, they're like you and I, but that power that they have with people look up to them, you know, it's turn it into good help, help everybody out. And with his past experiences and all his troubles and hardship, he's, he's done that, you know, he's influenced a lot of people. And I remember, you know, um, a lot of people uh, when I was in high school, you know, uh, group that used to hang out, you know, there was this friend of mine and she would just always relate to his lyrics, you know, she, she would say, oh, I feel like he's, you know, touching to me, singing to me because, you know, he. He sang about a lot of hardship, you know, so it was great because if you could relate to an artist like that, you know, he's doing something good. You get what I'm saying? Yep, definitely. So definitely, definitely, Corey Taylor is a great pick, man. Mm. Nah, when we get into that emotional Nick's bag of nuts, what mm. about you, man? What's your number four? <laughs> My number four is <laughs> kind of somewhat, not, not really like him, but kind of a, a a person that has a lot of things going and stuff and he dabbles you know american musician songwriter producer poet and you will get him with what i'm going to say now he is a professional wrestler you know <laughs> <laughs> you already got it right yeah go ahead. good good so, so the audience know it is, and it is William Patrick Corgan Jr. and it is Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. And I I love Billy Corgan because this is also a personal pick because you know I I he was one of the first his band Smashing Pumpkins was one of the first bands that I heard growing up in Puerto Rico as well when I got into this whole genre of, you know, rock music and stuff like that, you know, Bullet with Butterfly Wings was um one of the first songs that I kind of really heard, you know, so I immediately got drawn to this, and I started liking the genre. It was a smooth transition, and then I bought the... When I bought it, it, w- it was dual cassettes. It wasn't CDs. That's how old it was, you know? It was a dual cassette. So one of my favorite bands, because it was one of my personal first bands that I've heard that got me into the genre. And I just like Billy Corgan, because along with your pick, like Anthony Kiedis, like a Corey Taylor, these are very multi-talented people, you know, human beings that they just also transcend more than music. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With his poetry writing... And with his trying to dabble into business, you know, in the wrestling business and stuff like that, you know. So it's great. And I mean, a lot of people might say he's kind of gone off the rails lately, you know, like talking about <laughs> Slender Man or Lizard Man. <laughs> yeah, and, and skinwalkers and yes. stuff like that and shapeshifting beings. So, but this is just, this is kind of like it, it goes hand in hand with how much creativity these people have in them. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, you're just such you have so much and i don't want to say energy but creativity flowing through you that you just you know branch off into different things and you know we've seen him like you said he's changed from smashing pumpkins to to billy corgan right now it's two different albums it's not the same you get what i'm saying it's not the same person so it's kind of more like that mystical down-to-earth type person you um so i i just love billy corgan man and with some of the best lyrics um um vocals like you said like i kind of not compare him but i throw him up there with anthony kiedis you know they're very 
talented with their lyrics and how they flow. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just love Billy Corgan. I, I have a lot of a plethora of favorite songs from Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like that. How, how do you feel about uh, Billy Corgan? Well, I got to give Billy Corgan a thumbs up just because he wants to buy the NWA and revive it again. So he gets <laughs> a, a big clap from me right there. But in general, Billy Corgan is a traveler as well. So he's his own renaissance man in a way, just like you were saying mm-hmm. about Corey Taylor. Um, do I agree with some of his decisions sometimes? Not necessarily. Do I agree that Zwan was a great band? No, but it was his pet project, and he said he wanted to do something totally different for Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. and it was his creativity to do something different for the fans and for himself, first mm-hmm. and foremost. So I can't knock anybody that says, I want to do something for me and bring it to the world. And if you like it, if you like it, if you don't, you don't fuck off. I definitely appreciate that. Um, his his style of singing with that that nasally voice, it was just such, at its time, such a yeah. rebellious sound. It was like, yeah, stick it to the man, stick it to your mom, stick it to your dad. Who yeah. cares? We're here, we're clear, and we're going to destroy the school. That's how it was with Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know, definitely, because this, like, along with Corey Taylor, like you said, these are people that have gone through stuff. You know, he's dealt with depression for much of his life. You know, he's endured self injuries. He he's had um he's had a uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. You know, which is a problem, which is a, re- a real bad problem. You know, and he's even had you know suicidal thoughts. So you know, these mm-hmm. are things that um these people have battled and they've over overcome these things. You know, with with the music, they put all that energy into lyrics and they connect with people. You know, definitely. So like like you said, it's. Kind of, he's kind of like his renaissance man in his own thing. And like you said, to such so-and-so, which you said, it was rebellious because, you know, you listen to his lyrics, hey, we're here to, you know, F stuff up. This is who I am. This is how we are, you know? So kind of that rebelish flow to him at times. But do you have a favorite Smashing Pumpkin song that, that you like? Yeah, you definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Hands down, his remake of um, Landslide is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Uh, I'm a giant Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac Um fan they're not on my list but i love fleetwood mac and i love stevie nicks so the fact that he did that rendition though is just fabulous um that song i know it's one of the soft songs but it's a great song resonates to me so much um even um you know popular ones like rat in a cage things like that thing you know it's it's just he he was for that generation he was a gigantic rock star. Even now, a creative genius, still working, still playing music, still writing, still contributing to society, but still doing it for himself, but also giving it to the public. Like I said, dudes own his own pro wrestling federation because of the mm-hmm. fact that he loves pro wrestling. Not many people can say, I want to invest a million dollars and start a wrestling and, yeah, business. He exactly. does. I mean, um, just with that. Uh, the fact that he's a great vocal uh, vo- vocal artist, guitarist, piano pianist. I mean, this guy is the whole deal, the whole shebang, if you want to call it. Yeah. And he's still playing today. I think if you're not hungry now, like you were hungry then, you're not really living in this generation. And he's a guy that's always hungry. I give him so much respect. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, 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 he's one of my favorites, so that's why I had to put him on my list, man. What about you? Who's next up on your list? People are gonna get upset. 
Mm, okay, you're so controversial with this list. I don't know. Is it, is it, I'm in a glass case of emotions with your list right now. The next three are definitely a glass case of emotion, especially my number two, which people might get upset as well, too. But mm. people are going to think I'm blasphemous right now. Be cool. People already think I'm blasphemous. But mm-hmm. that goes without saying. Cthulhu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my good old number three is... A lead singer of a famous band ranging from the 1970s going on to 1991. Mm-hmm. And their band still lives to today, whether it be the band itself or cover bands as well, too. This man was a lyrical genius. He was a poet, an author. He was uh, a brilliant songwriter. He was a soprano with a high F and a low B. You know, this mm-hmm. guy had so much to give to the world. You talk about energy, as you did with Billy Corgan. This guy was the epitome of energy. The fact that every time you heard him sing, you felt every ounce of pain and every ounce of happiness and every ounce of sorrow. He can move you. And I'll tell you this much. Uh, I'm not trying to be a bitch or anything like that, but the people mm-hmm. in, my, in my top three have all mm-hmm. made me cry by listening to a song. Uh, my number three is Freddie oh. Mercury. Oh, Freddie Mercury. Whoa, yeah. really? Yeah. I did not see that coming. But just to touch real quick, not to take away from your pick, but just to touch what you said, it's not about being a bitch. It's about that, like I always said, and I heard a quote, that music is like the highest form of magic. You know, music invokes all of your feelings. You get what I'm saying? And if exactly. you cry, I've, I've cried to certain songs. So if you cry, it's not being a bitch. It's just that it has touched you. But yes, elaborate on Freddie Mercury. I mean, Freddie Mercury is just, uh, if you don't know who Freddie Mercury is, you, you shouldn't be listening to music. Oh, I mean, uh, you definitely have heard every one of his songs, whether you're mm-hmm. a millennial or above this millennial, whatever the kids call themselves these days. You have heard Bohemian Rhapsody. You've heard Killer Queen. You've heard Somebody to Love. You've heard Don't Stop Me Now. You've heard We Will Rock You. It's played at every yeah. soccer or football game ever. So it's like uh, every lyric, every bit of emotion that he's put into all of his songs has just you felt every ounce of it whether it be the saddest parts of bohemian rhapsody whether it be the craziest parts of crazy little thing called love you can feel every little bit of energy he's put into that song whether it be about breakups whether it be about persecuted being um a homosexual in the 80s a part mm-hmm. where you'll be chastised because you are gay in the 80s um um just being a a leader, just uh, not even by by choice, but just being a, anointed as a leader of that community back in the 80s, standing up for someone's rights to love or just be loved in return. He is someone that, that has transcended rock and roll into pop culture. I put him in the lights of a David Bowie. I put him in the yeah. lights of a Michael Jackson. I put him in the lights of a Prince. He belongs in that Mount Rushmore of icons of music. Um, I, I definitely wish I could rank him as a number two or number one, but number two and one personally hit me harder than Freddie Mercury has ever have. But I just respect him on every every level, whether it be just his music, the way he plays piano, and just so beautifully as well too, the way he sings, and you just feel every ounce of hurt, the way um his music just makes you move. I mean, you cannot tell me that people um have not uh, moved from Killer Queen. People have not oh, yeah. just shimmied with somebody to love. People have not shimmied with Bohemian Rhapsody and just banged their head like Wayne's World. I mean, pop culture all throughout. His music still lives on today. 
And it's just, uh, I can't speak anymore. How do you feel about Freddie Mercury? No, definitely, definitely I agree, Freddie Mercury, because it's just just to just say, like you said, you know, um, he he kind of, I, I don't want to say he's like the godfather, but, you know, he's like one of the first ones that you've heard. And if you really don't know Freddie Mercury, like you said, you know, it's like, bro, you, you don't, you shouldn't even be listening to this genre. And one thing that I really love about Freddie Mercury, like you said, is the fact that he dealt with, you know, being I, I don't I don't I don't know what's the right term to say, but you know, um being homosexual, gay, yeah. I don't know because it's such a sensitive subject. So, you know, but just that biggest battle in a genre where it's like supposed to be the man leader testosterone. Yeah, very masculine. Flowing. Yeah, exactly. Very masculine and number um, testosterone flowing. He he's one of the best to do it, you know, and, and look at his sexual orientation. So it that right there for me is like one of his one of the biggest things that I remember it's just for that battle because like i said it's such a music that's so masculine supposedly quote unquote you know he's one of the best to do it and like you said he's such a um uh, his music still lives on you know and wait 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 like freaking it still to this day resonates you know like we will rock you another one bites the dust all that stuff you still hear that in games you know when you when you go to basket like when you look at sports you know, if the other team is losing, you hear another one bites the dust, come on, stuff like that. We oh. will rock you, you know, is the anthem that's always played, you know. So, you know, with the queen and stuff like that. So, I don't know. He, he's a great pick, bro. Stage presence. I mean, yeah. if you look at anybody from, like, the 70s and the 80s, I think of people that have, like, the best stage presence. Like, Mick Jagger has crazy yeah. stage presence. Freddie Mercury on the same level a stage presence he 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 owned every bit of what he was on that mm-hmm. stage with fierceness with with uh, being brave just being vital to that crowd always incorporating the crowd always having that high yeah. energy no matter what and dude was suffering from aids for about mm-hmm. five years as well to battling that until his final breath in 1991 still rocking yeah. still trying to go hard didn't not let that disease alter his life because down, yeah. yeah exactly he was his own character he would not let anything bring him down that that that's one of the best things that i love about him as well you know like you said his stage presence he went out there and he owned the crowd you know mm-hmm. he owned it he um it, that theatrical style where he made the crowd feel a part of the show which is one of the most important things as a performer you know you want to go out there and involve your crowd into it you know out there you know he left them in shock and he it's ultimately he he just won them over by charming them. You get what I'm saying and bringing them into the show as well, making them feel like at that moment that it just wasn't okay. The crowd is watching, you know, Freddie Mercury. It was like, hey, we're all here bonding, and I'm bringing you into this experience with me. You know, we're all gonna share this experience. So his stage presence definitely was freaking awesome, man. Oof. Like, yeah. Oof, that oof. that that that's a great pick, bro. <laughs> Give me yours, man. Give me yours. I'm getting emotional um, over here. I'm getting all heated. <laughs> You know, my, my number my my number four, um, I was actually gonna put her, you know, because um, you mentioned her, I was gonna put Stevie Nicks, you know. Ooh, she has like one well, Yeah, I was gonna put her, but um she has one of my favorite songs of all time, you know, um Edge of Seventeen, whatever. I love that freaking song. But my number three goes along with you mentioned him while you were talking about Freddie Mercury, and my number three is the man, the icon, the legend himself, the 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 the, I, the figure. He's just uh, I, I can't even choose a word to describe him, but it's Prince himself, bro. Woo! Like, yeah, 
I, I I had to put Prince here because, like I said, you know, this man kind of like you know with the whole Fred, he had the whole you know like him and Freddie Mercury had that swag, you know. I definitely you know, I don't like to use that word, but you know, Prince had that about him. You know, he was great. He was flamboyant. Um, his eclectic work, you know, his funky, his vocal range were epic. His music, you know, he had that funky rock, jazz, R and B, new wave, you know, to even some, some like the psychedelia, you know, where he had like a little bit of psychedelic funk pop to him. You get what I'm saying? And this man has sold over a hundred million records worldwide. You know, he still to this day has one of my favorite songs that I love. That I remember you played it for me on my birthday a long time ago. You know, <laughs> you put on, you know, when doves cry. I love that freaking song. You know, um, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll, um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004 in his first year of eligibility. You get what I'm saying? Did yep. I say that right? Eligibility? Yeah. You know, first year he went in. You know, so that right there, dude is a legend. You get what I'm saying? So, um, but I just love Prince. You know, from his style to his his funkiness and to to have a man to where. You know, you almost sat here and talking about the whole sexual orientation. This dude could be super flamboyant on stage, but he was he was pulling some some crazy chicks. You get what I'm saying? So it was just that's how confident and crazy his his flow was and his presence and how he is and his music and his career was everything was groundbreaking. You know, still to this day, you know, just recently music streamers got his music. That's how crazy it was. People were, you know, the music streamers were fighting to get his catalog of work, you know, because he's such a fan favorite Pence still to this day pop culture you know with his movies and stuff and the uh look at Dave Chappelle you know making skits about him you know and and uh, <laughs> and stuff like that I'm sorry I just started thinking about the Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> I apologize but me no, but... and the revolution <laughs> you're in the revolution <laughs> game blouses <laughs> like, like, like yo bro you know and then like one of the best movies, you know, that I love, Purple Rain and stuff like that, which is also an awesome song. Like, I, I just love Prince, everything he did, his whole music. Like, he definitely has to be up there as one of the best um, vocal singers of all time. Can I say something controversial? That's the... <laughs> okay. Okay. Everybody's going to hate me. Okay. But here we go. I think Prince is better than Michael Jackson. Ooh, hmm, that that that's that's a good one. I mean, it's not controversial. I mean, that that I, I can see, you know, pros and I can see I can see both arguments of the story. Now, I can see both sides. I say that because they came around the same time. They were always compared unfairly too, because mm-hmm. my, they're both showmen, definitely. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Michael didn't write all his songs. True, true, true. Michael true. Michael didn't write all his music. True. You know. Prince owned up to all of that. And in mm-hmm. this little pun, too, this little twist of words, he literally owned all his music as well, too, to the day he died. Yeah. He owned all his masters. And he was the first person to say, I'm going to keep all my masters and hop off record labels and said, well, we're going to fight you on that. Well, you know what? I keep yeah. my own music and I call it a day. Exactly. I think that's why Prince never got the love or the, or the burn that they should have gone into like the late 2000s going into now because before he died because of the fact that he kept things to himself and did not want to be exploited as kind of Michael was and that could be good and bad look at Michael he was just picked and picked and picked apart from day one to the last day and 
his music lives on forever. But the same token, though, there's so much controversy because of his music and the person that he is. I felt like Prince didn't have that controversy. I felt like Prince was always yeah. number one musician, number two, a great businessman and yeah. an excellent performer. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. at his you know at his peak would make men and women drop Bahalo Panti. And you know, yeah, uh, and at five foot nothing, I mean, we talk a big game, but we're some short Puerto Ricans. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're taller than Prince, but this man, (laughs) you know, stood above all and Mm -hmm. incorporated funk, jazz, R and B, even hip hop into rock and roll, and made it like a like a sancocho, like a gumbo of music, and gave it to the world like that. Oh man. (laughs) He was the first one Millie rocking. Yep, yep. Deadass. Deadass. Facts. Facts. He really was, bro. Prince. Prince was the man. First one Millie rocking. And, man, like you said, everything about him was great. His shows as well. Everything. I just feel like also with a, a lot of these people, you know, um, you see them transition to other stuff. Like you said, songwriter. He, he, owned, he wrote his own music as an actor as well. You know, he had movies. He did movies and stuff like that. So... That that just shows that you're a real multi-talented person and individual and stuff like that when you can just break through in different, you know, planes of the industry and stuff like that. So um, I think, like you said, that was one of the things that he didn't get burned because, like you said, he owned his music. Because then I remember at one point, um, he, um, like, they were bringing a lot of heat on him because I think one of his albums, he even, like, gave it out for free. Yep. At one point, he gave it out for free. And stuff like that. And I remember him coming out, um, coming under some heat because of that, you know, because the companies couldn't make no money, of course, you know. So it was just him doing his own thing. So he came up with a lot of heat, you know, trendsetters, because you see that nowadays as like, you know, Taylor Swift is kind of doing that with her music. You get what I'm saying? She says, no, um, she really doesn't throw her music on streamers. Like her last album that came out, she didn't throw it on any streamers because she actually wanted people to, you know, go out there, buy it, support her, you know, stuff yeah, like that. old school. And yeah, so, you know, go out there, pick up the CD. And she actually had her last CD on the shelves, you know, for quite some time before it hit the streamers. I think it just hit the streamers recently, Apple Music and Spotify. So, you know, trendsetter as well, Prince, you know, kudos for that. But I don't know. I, I, I definitely had to put Prince, personal favorite, man. And I could sit here and listen to his catalogs of music. Definitely. You know, Same That's over. a sure. phenomenal pick right there, man. Oof. That, <laughs> thank that, you, thank you. That matches my Mercury right there. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> no, no. Definitely not. What about your number two? Okay. So this one was hard for me because mm-hmm. in so many ways, and I'll get into it. Um, I, he was going to be my number one, but I really did not want to leave this podcast on that much of a somber note. Oh, I already know who you're on. Yeah, because that that was partially the reason. And my number one, mm-hmm. I have more of a connection to. But mm-hmm. yeah, my number two, this one's a little sore to talk about. But, um, you know, um, I followed his career from day one. Um, going from the early days of when Lincoln Park wasn't even called Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the days where listening to his EPs of Hybrid Theory. Um, mm-hmm. His solo career as well, too. Um, going into covering other bands of Stone Temple Pilots, uh, covering for ACDC. Mm-hmm. You know, this man has lived a hell of a rock star life, the good and unfortunately the bad, whether it be addiction, whether it be abuse, whether it be um, dealing with abuse as a kid, um, being a, a, um, involved with uh, being a, involved in sexual predator escapades when he was a kid as well too and overcoming mm-hmm. that to some degree um, you know it's it's tough to say because it's so recent but yeah my number two is Chester Bennington 
know what, bro? I guess we could binge into this one because my number two is Chess and Ben's team as well. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> is this the first time where we have the same? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, just like you said, um, that's why I told you um, I was going to tell you when it gets to one and two, it gets real, real, real tough because, you know, I could put Chester Bennington easily as my number one childhood influences growing up and stuff like that. But like you said, I didn't really want to. I don't want to say end it on a, a somber note, but, you know, like also number one, I have more of a personal connection. So but definitely no Chester Bennington, man. Great, great individual. Um, it's one of those tragedies where he got taken from us too early you get what i'm saying definitely because his voice his music his lyrics um his wordplay and he was also a beautiful soul you know he had a lot of like everybody you have your issues and your problems you know everybody has their problems and stuff like that that's life you know that's what makes the world go around that was that's what makes you a better person everybody has it you know so i'm not gonna judge nobody so um but um definitely beautiful soul it's he, um, I'm getting a little bit choked up because, like I said, memories, because, um, he, you know, he kind of brought us together. You get what I'm saying? You and I, he brought us together because I remember, you know, jamming out with you, bro, to the Linkin Park um, single cassette. You know, yep. It wasn't a CD. It was a single cassette yep. that I remember the cover was black and the cassette was white and it had... um paper cut and um one step closer you know and there was only those two songs on it and i remember jamming out with you and the, the music the the vocal the, the it was just his powerful voice you know he just had a great voice like if you notice a lot of you know besides like the prince and stuff like that i started this list off saying amy lee and it was her her voice you know that captivated me and it was chester bennington as well his voice captivated me as well you know and like he had that multi-talented facet thing where you know he kind of spit the little you know um where you know he if he has to switch up the flow he switched it up and then he came back with the scream and you know and it was, it was, uh, with the lincoln park a lot of those songs i owned that cd you know at one point and a lot of the songs they resonate with with the youth at that time and it, i don't know man I, I could just go on speaking great stuff about him emotional choked up it it's it, it tough like i said he got really taken from us super early like i i would love to see more of him, you get what I'm saying? Definitely. Where where this career would have went if it had a longevity to it, you get what I'm saying? And it's tough because even in his later days, he was getting a lot of heat because mm-hmm. uh the stylistic change of the direction of the band as well too was oh, a lot the whole softer. Emo stuff like that, yeah. And it was tough. It was tough because he was getting a lot of crap for that. Even with his last song as well, two one of his last songs, it was just uh not the same people that were coming from the reanimation hybrid theory albums we're looking yeah. for so i'm not gonna try to i'm trying to stray away as much as i can from the last days and try to go into yeah. deep dive into the beginning because like you said we we connected on such a way listening to lincoln park i remember there's two moments in my life i remember buying cds and sam goody my first cds mm-hmm. my my first one it, it's um uh, no, no, no. I'm going to be honest. My second one is my number one. That was my second CD, but that's my number one. Mm-hmm. My first CD that I ever bought in Sam Goody was Hybrid Theory. And yeah. and I remember those days of Sam Goody just listening to the previews and having a good time before you yeah. buy the album. And I was just, you know, so just mesmerized by by his 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 diversity 
and his range and his voice, whether it be in the end, whether it be the lyrics from in the end, whether it be crawling and just screeching yeah. every moment, whether it be one step closer, whether it be the psychosis and paper cut, whether it be uh, so, so many freaking songs that I could go into in that first album that just emotionally touched me in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and just like I was speaking about Freddie Mer- Mercury, d- the feeling you got in every song resonated you somehow, some way you felt something in your life is in this song right here that you could gravitate to. Um, uh, Pushing Me Away, the last song on the album, that's that resonated to me so much um, yeah. as someone going up kind of with daddy issues i'm not afraid to lie you know i'm not gonna you know sugarcoat i love my dad and all but the no. most of the times you know he was out there playing gigs and stuff like that being a musician and you know sometimes i just wasn't in the best situations in my life where i could have got myself out of if maybe he would have been there um mm-hmm. no not throwing shade it's just the truth i have a great relationship with my dad right now it's just that resonate resonated to me so much and i felt mm-hmm. every part of that lyric there um I'd be listening to his earlier stuff. When I listened to Hybrid, Hybrid Theory, I would try and go on things like Kazaa at the time, if you remember that, and yeah. Frostwire and things like that. Mm-hmm. Listening to what he had before, and before Lincoln Park, there was uh, Zero. And yeah. I remember my um, a good friend of ours as well, Sue James, Curley, you know, he, yeah. he, he introduced me to earlier stuff than Zero as well, too. And I, just, I was fascinated by the character of Chester Banks and, and just the range that he went through. Um, him and Mike Shinoda as well, too, because Mike Shinoda did a lot of collaborating with Linkin Park to make it what it is today. But just the human that Chester was, and you go into his backstory dealing with drug abuse, child abuse, molestation, and things of that nature, and overcoming yeah. that and being a beacon of hope for a person that could deal with these issues of bullying and, and trying to overcome that. Even being a realist you slip you fall things happen you revert to your old ways we're all not perfect and he was a beacon to show that hey i'm not perfect i have slipped so many times i'm not this peachy keen kind of guy that has like tattoos of my um uh be me being sober in life you know i've messed up and i will continue to mess up but i'm a human being and i will strive to do better um And um, going into latter his career, you know, one of the first bands that I've seen itself collaborating the likes of like Jay Z and different artists out there to make it a great album. A band that I've seen live on multiple occasions. A band that uh, I've cried listening to songs like um, 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 "In the End" or "Breaking the Habit," and it's such a hard song to listen to right now, knowing what happened. Um, I could go on with this, um, even. When um one of my favorite singers, who was uh, honorable mention to me, Scott Weiland, um, yeah. the singer of Soul to the Pilots, um, mm-hmm. a man that I've met at a bar when he was drunk, told me to fuck off. One of my proudest moments <laughs> of my life. Yeah, um, back. <laughs> um, um, he was a front man for that band. That band resonated to him when he was a kid, saying that Soul to the Pilots saved his life when he was a kid. So the fact yeah. that he got to be a lead singer of that band is just. Uh, an overwhelming achievement for him right there, like a gold bucket list, boom. A lead singer of my favorite band growing up, boom, checklist. And into his later life and evolving um, and overcoming and evolving and overcoming. And I can speak more. Do you have anything that you want to put into it too? Yeah, I was just going to touch on what you said about hybrid theory of how you just uh, connected to it because I remember watching and reading up on it you know shinoda um has said that you know when him and um chester were writing the album you know um 
it was supposed to be lyrical interpretations, interpretations, you hear me, interpretations of like, um, he has said, um, universal feelings and emotions. You get what I'm saying? Things that you think about on a regular and you talk about and you feel, you know? So for you to drop all that on your first album, it's like, wow, you know, you're just making already a big impact in my opinion. You get what I'm saying? Because yep. usually this is stuff that certain artists or artists wait for like a second or third album to open up with their fans and open up about their hurt and stuff like that. Knowing, you know, Chester and Shinoda just did it from the jump. You get what I'm saying? So it it, it was a great album and it, it, paper cut still to this day is like one of my favorite um, Linkin Park songs, honestly. So Definitely. that, that was a great song to start off that album with and great pick bro. And, Emotional Pig easily could have been number one. Definitely, honestly. definitely. Easily, yeah. Yes. So, R.I.P. Chester right there. R.I.P. all the guys that are dead in this list. Yeah, guys. exactly, yeah. R.I.P. to all the guys. Great, great souls, man. Great human beings and individual. And I love them for their work to contribute it because definitely. memories, memories. So, um, that was your number two? That was my number two. That was and your that number That was two. my number two, yeah. So, Rock, the, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> hey, you want rock paper scissors for number one? I'll but, go for it. I'll go for it. Not go, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'm gonna pop the cherry right here. Yeah. Okay, everybody. I have no problem gathering the hate because from yeah. all the great talent that just passed right now, and I announced mm. my number one, you're gonna probably want to drown me. You're gonna probably want to find me here in Phoenix and say, "Go in the desert and walk for forty days and forty nights." <laughs> I understand. But this is my personal favorite mm-hmm. lead singer, artist, who what have you, that has resonated with me since day one. It has mm-hmm. made me the weird individual that I am today, and I will never, ever, oh. ever change that. I um, have a feeling. I have owned every single album of my of of this artist, one of my personal heroes. Uh, whether it's his acting career, whether it's his poetry, whether it's his art, whether it's his books, whether it's his TV appearances, whether the fact that he just recently survived a stage falling on top of him and is still alive. <laughs> <sighs> My number one is the disposable team himself, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, bro. I, I was going to put him on my list. Uh, epic, epic, epic choice, bro, Manson. What could I say? But go ahead, man. Ah, Marilyn Manson is such a, such a fun soul. You know, mm-hmm. one of the best uh, artists when it came to shock rock. And I hate mm-hmm. to put a label onto things, but that's basically what it was. It was shock, oh, nice. in your face, different. I don't know what to, to make of you, and I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to vibe onto it. I don't even know to this day what made me vibe to Meryl Manson. I'm not too sure if it was my obsession with horror movies or just being, being scared of things and having that fear. But every time I listened to Manson, it was like a horror show in my head every day, and I loved it. It was one of those things where it's like, uh, I, I want to look away, but I can't look away. I want to stop listening, but I, I want to listen. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Every little yeah. part about it, every little thing that he did was just freaky fantastic, in my opinion. Hell, he even has a song called Fuck Frankie, which is weird as hell. <laughs> but I'll listen to it and I'll crack up. You know, um, yeah. favorite album 
um, Hollywood. That was the first album that I bought. No, sorry, it was the second album that I bought, and I love to this day. is one of my favorite Merle Manson Bro, albums. I love Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood is such a crazy album from the first yeah. song to the last song. Hearing Disposable Teen still to this day gives me chills because I remember how great that song is. Even um, Mechanical Animals, looking into that album, looking into Dope Show and things like Como White mm-hmm. and shows like that, uh, Antichrist Superstar. Hell, I have a yeah. religious family and they were like, what the hell is wrong with you, brother? Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just like them. I don't know who yeah. it is. Beautiful people. Always. That song right there. It's, it's a cliche song, but it's one of his best songs. Uh, I can't. Uh, so many different variety of sounds you hear in his voice whether it be the sounds of nine inch nails influence with Trent Reznor because they sound a little similar going on to Depeche Mode going on to Duran Duran his songs you hear a little bit of everything mixed up in one David Bowie so much stuff so much like like again like a nice little gumbo like a piece of soup right there like a little soup right there that you can just dive into and find different chunks in there and it's you can gravitate to something every album is so different and so crazy um, uh, one of the songs there that's a departure from what he did was a uh, mob scene. It was such a poppy yeah. song as well too. They're like that's not the Manson I remember. Hell, I don't care because I don't even remember the Manson I remember. He's changed so many times. He's such a crazy artist, inside outside, such a polarizing figure. If you look at the '90s and you can remember that one person that was everywhere. At least on every facet of TV, whether it be local news, MTV, whether it be uh, every music station, whether it be K Rock, for those who remember K Rock back in the, the yeah, New York days. Manson, celebrity deathmatch. Manson was just everywhere. Yeah, he was he was iconic for his time, and like you said, it was it, it was shock rock because I remember seeing um, I think it was Antichrist Superstar. Yep, and that was the album where he had like this half the half of his face profile, right? Like I think it was. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and I remember. I think that was the first time I stumbled upon Manson, and I was walking around the CD store, and I was like, "What the? Who the heck is this? What the fuck is going on here?" Mm-hmm. So you know, I it, it like you said, it's shock. You know, you see it. So I looked it up and. At that time, you know, I was already kind of um, somewhat into the whole rock stuff, you know, still still newbie. But, you know, and from there, I heard it and I was like, oh, you know, I gravitated to him. It's like you said, you know, you, you, you don't know what it is, but you just gravitated to him. I don't know if it was at that time also rebellious teen music, you know, because mm-hmm. it had that, that feel to it, that rebellious teen music. So, but he, he was such an icon and a polarizing figure, controversial, you know shocking you know and everything man um i remember buying his albums hollywood and stuff like that so it it the dude was dope man honestly he i and i i thought honestly when you said like the whole stuff like that with the theatrical theatrical and shock rock i thought you were gonna go alice cooper bro honestly mm-hmm. like i thought you were gonna say alice cooper because manson is not not you know not taking away nothing from manson but you know those were kind of his influence. You get what I'm saying? Like the Ozzy Osbournes, you know, that Eilis Coopers and stuff like that. So it, it, he's such a great musical genius, like you said, and uh, with the other stuff he does. So great pick. All, like I said, and I've been saying through the podcast, it just shows that these these people are just um, multifaceted in different things. You know, they have such a lot of creativity in them. So great. And, and still to this day, like you said, I, one of my favorite songs is Beautiful People, you know, Beautiful people, you hear me? Yeah, beautiful people. Yep. Um, disposable teens. Um, freaking. Um, what else did he have that I like? Um, 
he just has such a bunch of stuff. And like you said, uh, uh, Hollywood is one of his best albums, in my opinion, because I remember buying that on release date, and I still listen to some of those tracks on that album. Oh, yeah, Nobody's, The Black Song, The Fight yeah, Song. Yeah, Nobody, yeah, Fight uh, Song. You go into his older albums, like um, Smells Like Children, you have Sweet Dreams, the remake mm-hmm. of Sweet Dreams. Yeah, the remake of Sweet Dreams, yeah. Um, so many songs you could actually get into. This is crazy. Um, looking at... His lifestyle choices being the guy that everybody blamed for their problems in, in the 90s, whether it be oh, yeah. Columbine shootings or mm-hmm. things of that nature. We're not going to bring all that political stuff, but he mm-hmm. was every parent's nightmare. He was like, my, my kid stabbed himself because Meryl Manson told him to do it in, in his mm-hmm. song. You look at those songs, none of that's happening. He's a shock no. rock value. Ozzy Osbourne, mm-hmm. Black Sabbath, Alice yeah. Cooper, freaking uh, Dio were saying crazier things Dio, than yeah. Kiss was saying crazier things than Manson oh, yeah. at the time. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's like you said, it's sad that that fell on him, you know, kind of, they were like kind of looking for a scapegoat, you know, so, because then that even fell, I believe it was on, I think something like that fell on Eminem as well, you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, stuff like that. And he even said it in his in one of his lyrics, you know, and they blame, blame it on Marilyn, you know. So it's like, it, it's kind of sad that, that they had to use him as scapegoat, you know. And then the rumors running around, you know, it was stuff like that. It, it's just, it was sad, it was sad, it was sad. But it, great, it, great, great town. Yeah. It's sad, but guess what? Man gets the bitches as well, too. Oh, yeah, he does. Dude is engaged to freaking Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan, yeah, your boo. You used and to then, love oh, yourself. I love Rose McGowan. And then <laughs> yeah. even now, well, not now, um, earlier in his career, back in January 2010, he was dating um, this chick, Evan Rachel Wood, the lead um, actress in Westworld. So it's like, mm-hmm. this guy gets the chicks every minute. And this guy right now, I mean, he's... In my opinion, uh, if I was floating that side of the boat, he's less than desirable. But the same <laughs> token, you know. It's just, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's all about how you carry yourself. It is. Yourself, his presence right? is just yeah. outstanding. Even in terms his his art and his culture and what he does outside, his poetry, um, his acting, his contributions to society and rock music as well, too, being one of the last real rock stars. And we don't have a lot of rock stars out here these yeah. days. You know, unfortunately, time is getting the best of them at the moment in time. But um, mm-hmm. it's he's one of, that, that one of those last few individuals that can still put on that glorified rock show that we're all cramming for. So, yeah, that's my number one. I know it's not as epic as... As no. people would think, but he resonates to me in such a way that I can't even put to words. No, bro. I, I, I believe me. I even thought about putting, putting Manson at one. You know, when I was thinking about this list, because you know, like you said, personal. Well, we grew up on these people. So, um, but great pick, though. Great pick, though. My number one is, and I, I that's why I didn't, you know, touch much into it, but. You 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 kind of just um described it perfectly, and that's what it was about this guy, you know. And he is kind of like one of my first in in introducees introdu- introducers to the music, to rock and stuff like that. And what made it real easy for me was because at that time, also growing up in Puerto Rico, I was real heavy on the hip hop. You get what I'm saying? I yep. was real heavy on the hip hop. So listening to his lyrical play and how he flowed and did it so easily and it was rock with kind of like hip-hop for me at that time that's what made my transition smooth into the genre and it was was your number five and wow. he is my number one anthony Ooh. Kiedis. yes he is my number one because 
Red Hot Chili Peppers was, like I said, it was kind of that lubricant for me to get into the genre because I was so big on hip-hop growing up back then. And when I heard Anthony Kiedis and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, he had that hip-hop flow to him, honestly, you know? Let, let, let Keep it honest, you know, that's what gravitated to me. You know, that funk rock, yep. you know, that that funk rock like that. So it made the transition smooth for me. And then from there, I just kept listening to Chili Peppers and his voice, and he was just so... Um, lyrically talented, like you said, his lyrical wordplay and like the stuff and the songs, how how deep they get, you know, and everything. And I, I just had to put him for that because if it wasn't for Anthony Kiedis, honestly, I don't even think I would sit here and be doing this podcast with you, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, like, I remember, like you said, from his early days when they used to be, I remember watching the MTV Video Music Awards, you know, stuff like that, and then rocking out with their jocks and socks, you know, from that wild side to that somber side, like you said, you know. And to me, it was just my first introduction into rocking to the genre, and, and, and it captivated me, and it made it so easy for me to flow into this. And then from there, I just kept branching off into different artists. So he was my pathway into this genre like i said and that's why i hold him so high in this list and he's my number one personal favorite you know i mean we already discussed him which are number four you know so but i'm just giving you my personal opinion on why he's number one you get what i'm saying oh no so, I, I agree yeah. with you 10 times it's funny how it all comes full circle though mm-hmm. and, yeah exactly <laughs> and look at that now yeah i definitely can see that like i said it's a hard list and anthony kiedis mm-hmm. Uh, so so much I can say about him again, like yeah. it's just his his contribution to society, to society, to mm-hmm. to rock and roll, to to young bands that can achieve different things. If you go out there and just try to do something different and have fun with it, you can do it. Yeah. I mean, he inspired so many artists. And without Red Hot Chili Peppers, there would be no Blink One Eight Two doing the crazy oh, stuff they did not. in the nineties. Without Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, they would be none of this uh, pop bands that we see today as well, too, because uh, they transition yeah. different genres as well, too. Even anything yeah. like um, Audio Slave or Rage Against the Machine, they all derive from what they heard from Red Hot Chili Peppers as well, too. I might get a lot of flack for that, but I do feel that without uh, the Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine would not be as big as they should be. Yeah, no, definitely, bro. Influential band from all that. Like you said, without Chili Peppers, we didn't, wouldn't have seen Blink-182. Because Blink-182 is... Uh, I mean, it, they're their own standalone entity, but they derive from Chili Peppers. You see their antics and stuff definitely. like that. I mean, you know? So, that, like that. I said... huh? No, even that, Dr. Control, even that hip-hop style, without yeah. them, there would be no um, Limp Bizkit. And I hate to put Limp yeah. Bizkit in this category. There's a couple of songs that I love from Limp Bizkit, but that that whole new rock of just mixing hip-hop with yeah. rock and roll, that all comes from Anthony Kiedis and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, that's why it was just such a smooth lubricant for me, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, to get introduced to the genre. Like I said, you destroyed it when you said the number five. You spoke about it perfectly. I can't add on to that, but what I can give is my personal feelings on why he's number one for me so that's why Anthony Kiedis number one rock lead singer for me of all time personal opinion people could disagree with me but it's just based on what he's done for me and you know in introducing me to the genre so I had to put him number one I'm just gonna get this out the way because I always I'm gonna ask you I don't know if you see this but besides Anthony Kiedis we're gonna talk about another band member and this is just real random when you look at Chad Smith, don't you see Will Ferrell? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, 
I always see Jasmine video. I always think about Will Ferrell, bro. You, like they look so similar, man. You it's know? funny. You go into this band. You know what my favorite? One of my favorite parts about Red Hot Chili Peppers are what? The fact that Flea is in Back to the Future. My son Flea, bro, man. They, they were, that's what I love about them too because they were they were they were a group, but they all had their unique, yeah. you know, features and entity to just make this one big collaboration, which was the Red Hot Chili Pepper. And none none of them were none of them were bigger than the other. You know, they were just all on the same plane. They were all humble, all chill. You know, like hey, for the band, for the band. You hear what I'm saying? Or some Scott Pilgrim for the band. You know, they were like just all humble and they were just in it for the band. And that's why I loved about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. And like I said, their music timeless because I still listen to their music now, man. And their albums are great, you know. So uh, yeah, I forgot to mention. One I of love my that song too. Yeah, one of my. I like. That. I, 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 I was like, yeah, I was gonna see how he feels about this, you know, because you said number four, I mean, number five, I don't know if you noticed it, but I wasn't really trying to talk and give it away. I saw, you know what I'm saying? I had a feeling. <laughs> you, you didn't want to give it away, give it away now. Yeah, exactly. All pun intended. So that's all I was like, you know. So I was like, yeah, he's probably gonna go this. But yeah, Anthony Kiedis, number one, bro. Ooh. You mind if I give. This may be cheating, but I don't care. Another one, man, bro. Go I'm gonna on. give honorable mentions the five of them. Yeah. So, because I feel like I have to. Um, yeah. First one, Stevie Nicks. I'm gonna give Stevie Nicks all, whether it be her oh, Fleetwood yeah, Mac yeah. or by herself. I love Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Um, Scott Wilde from Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver. Um, big yeah. inspiration in my life as well too. Uh, let's see here. I want to give Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yeah. And every aspect, I love Rob Zombie as well, too. Trent Reznor. I love Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go a little old school with this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I just want to make sure. Because I, uh, I have two of them in my head. But I want to mm-hmm. put one ahead of the other. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Paul McCarthy. Ooh. Mm, I, you see, I don't, I don't. I know, I know. I, I, don't, I know. I don't, I don't, I don't get down with Paul McCartney, but I, I get know. down with George Harrison. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. That was hard for me. It was hard for me. Yeah, that that that's that's a cool one though. I, I guess down with the George Harrison though. Um, I'm surprised you didn't even say Lennon. It you was McCartney. It was, yeah, it was, it was a. That's why I was debating. That's why. Yeah. But when I look back on the entirety of the Beatles, I yeah. I hear more Paul than I hear Lennon throughout his later career as well too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm surprised, even though it's more like you know, um, how can I say, not really. It was like more grungy, more punkish stuff like that. I'm surprised you didn't say Kurt. You know, no, Kurt I never respected Kurt's. Uh, really? Rest in peace, Kurt. But I never respected yeah. his uh, his voice. I never okay. felt like he had the like. It was great for that genre, for that, that yeah. grungy anti-establishment yeah. sound. But you know, it, it wasn't for me. Like, um, I don't know. I love Nirvana. Nirvana is a great band. Don't get yeah. don't get it twisted. But at the same token, I don't see it as Kurt Cobain as my favorite all. A front man for a band as well too. I'll put Dave Grohl over okay. over Kirk Cobain any day. You know what? Oh, yeah. Dave Grohl. I put in my honor mention as well too. I love Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl's the man. Yeah, Dave Grohl. I, I don't know, man. Those are great. Some some great honorable mentions, which I thought were probably going to be on your list because I thought Trent Reznor, yeah. you know, was going to be on your list. You know, so I'm surprised he didn't make your list, but. Great, great list, though, bro. I hope my list is Your list is well. fantastic <laughs> as well, too, man. 
Uh, I appreciate it, man, because your list was epic. And like you said, it was it was hard to narrow it down to five, man. So, you know, I did the best I could and hopefully brought some good picks to the table, man. You did. This was an emotional basket case for both of us, but yeah, I think was. it was pretty cathartic. I think we had a good time doing this. <laughs> definitely um, did, man. Where can people find you on social media, bro? Uh, they can find me here at underscore J Rants over on Jay's Corner doing my thing where I talk about anything and everything at the moment, whatever I want to rant about or talk about, you know, wrestling, music, games comic book talk whatever etc they can find me co-hosting with you on the kimura chronicles you know where we talk about mma all the time it's a podcast for mma fans by the fans you know that's also on itunes you can check that out they can find me at instagram at underscore j rance and on twitter at edm trippy subscribe leave us some feedback let us know how we're doing everybody where can they find you bro they can find me here on bumpers at val cisco at sideshow conversations where i do movie reviews show reviews we do comic book stuff pop five as we're doing right now and a plethora of things so enjoy and get your freak on um also with the Kamora Chronicles as well too, co-hosting with you. Uh podcast by the fans, for the fans, for all MMA activity. Um mm-hmm. both of these podcasts are as well iTunes, Podcast Republic, and of course Bumbers as well too. So catch us on the flip side when it comes to that. Um you can <laughs> find me on the Twitter at uncanny underscore V Val Cisco, and of course at the Instagram. You know my my original name was before I changed it recently? You're gonna yeah. love it. Which one? Pound cake for pops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done. Pound cake for pops. Wow, bro. That's epic, man. But yes, y'all can find me on Instagram at Val Cisco. And definitely, just like Jay said, leave some feedback, subscribe, rate, review. Hopefully, we didn't cause too much chaos in your life of our picks. I know. Some of them Hopefully might be not. out there and controversial, but these are our personal favorites, and so we had a lot of fun doing this, bro. Definitely, man. I enjoyed it. One hell of a podcast and great, great. It was tough. It was tough, but it was it, it, and it was good going down memory lane, bro, thinking about all these performers and thinking about the times we had listening to them. All right, brother. Well, and for that being said, always until next time, look forward to hearing from you again. Take care, man. All right, man.